Well, I've checked all the doors. I checked the delivery entrance. Yeah, no luck. I think, think we're stuck in here. Goodness. Just us and the meatballs. I mean, all all night? All night. So, oh. uh, do you want to look around while we're here? Yeah, we'll see what we can find in yeah. this big furniture shop. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, let's see. Homewares. Bit of homewares. Okay, They've okay. got a multi-pack of things that we've watched. I mean, I, I, you do have to assemble it yourself, but sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that seems fine. Um, the kids section found like a whole bunch of things we played. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's that's a real good price for that. Yeah, right. I mean, not that we're worried about prices. We're locked in here overnight. Well, yeah, but I suppose it is our chance to sample the things. Indeed. But uh, also there's like things we listen to on offer. Ooh. I say we just load up a bunch of these. Oh, some of the skits. Yeah, yeah. Some of the skits. We just bunch a whole of these, the whole load of these in, and we just sort of sit by the the till until opening. Well, at the very least, we'll find a bed somewhere in the, the bedding department. We'll go to the tills in the morning. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, wardrobes. Check it out. What's ooh. in here? Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies get locked in an Ikea. Yeah, we do, we do that and or we tell you about our weeks and what we've been up to and we do silly voices and skits. How are you doing this week, Jane? <laughs> that great, huh? Yes, I think I am getting your cold. Oh no. Either that or I've caught something... Horrible. I'm, at least I'm on the, the, the way out of my illness. I managed to do a stream for like three and a half hours today. Ooh. Granted, I had a, uh, I had to turn away and cough a few times, but I never got quite as bad as my voice was last week during recording Ooh. of this show. I think Quips last week was the height of my voice struggling. Yeah, you were, you were doing a real bad time. I was having right? a real bad time, but it's fine. I have a voice again. Woo! Woo! So, shall we talk about some things what we've done this week? Yeah, do you want to start off with thing that you have played? Why not? Um, so, I have continued this week playing my Nuzlocke playthrough of Pokemon Shield. Uh, I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Uh, that is that playthrough I've been talking about where I'm only allowed to catch one Pokemon in each route. Um, I have to close my eyes and only catch the first Pokemon that I accidentally run into without looking. Um, if a Pokemon faints, it's gone for good. Um, and yeah, trying this sort of difficult mode playthrough, there's a lot of other stipulations, like I can't heal my Pokemon mid-battle using items, I don't get a free switch between Pokemon whenever I knock an opponent's one out. Um, the playthrough's been going really well, actually. I've tried doing these before and I've never really stuck with them. Um, like, I've always dropped off of them for one reason or another, and it's usually not because I've A, completed it, or B, failed, I just don't stick with it. So, um, this is, I think, the furthest I've ever made it in one of these. I have made it to the Pokemon League. Mm -hmm. Um, I beat the first couple of trainers, like, my, my two rivals who also made it to the Pokemon League. Oh, hi. Uh, I fought my way up a big corporate tower and beat the, the mayor's assistant who was trying to, in some way, aid a plan about, um, the the fossil fuel industry mm. and now i've made it back to the pokemon league uh i have i think i counted six pokemon trainers left i need to fight um 
There are like four gym leaders who I have to, to rematch. Um, what else is there? There is the big villain of the game slash one legendary Pokemon I have to fight. Um, and then I have the champion. So I've got six trainers and one fight with a legendary. And that's all I have to survive still. Um, I can very quickly find the list of which Pokemon I have that are, have died versus are still alive. Oh no, no death. Only I know, I've had a few deaths. Um, my starter died. Um, Stunky, which is a skunk. Rog and Roller, which is a little uh, ball of rock with a, with a, with one eye. That's my Manetric, which is my electric dog. That, that died. Uh, I lost my double ice cream cone no. with a Mr. Whippy uh, with a flake in it. Uh, Perserker, which is the big metal Viking Meowth evolution. Uh, Coughing, Snova, my Galarian Slowpoke, and today I lost my, my Ninetales. No. Yeah, Ninetales um, and Manetric were really big losses to take this late in the game because that was my only fire type and my only electric type. And I'm deep enough in the game that I don't get any more Pokemon now. So the Pokemon I have, I have to make do with. So how many Pokemon pokes have you got left? Uh, I have a team of six, uh, okay. which I'll get to in a second, and then I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got ten Pokemon in reserve. Okay. So like, I have a decent number of Pokemon. I don't think running out of Pokemon will be my biggest problem. It's more uh, one of the lose conditions is if your entire team of six gets knocked out, you're done. And that's my bigger worry, is having a match where all of my Pokemon faint in the same match. Because mm -hmm. if I can get through a match, I can swap new stuff in, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but my, my current team is I've got Garbodor, which is a big bag of trash. Uh, I have Captain Crunch, which is a Dreadnought. They're a big snapping turtle, sort of rock-type, water-type. Uh, yeah, the big trash one's a poison-type. I've got a ground-type called Hippodon. Uh, I've called it Liam Moira after my character Naturally. from Dice Funk. It's a good ground-type hippo. Uh, I've got a Ludicolo, which is a sort of water and grass type. Uh, I've got Bronzog, which is just a big metal bell. And I did get a replacement for my ice cream. This one is not a double Mr. Whippy with a flake. It, this one hasn't evolved yet. It's just a single uh, Whippy. But soon it will be a double Whippy. Oh, heck. Uh, and I've got a few in reserve too. I've got a I've got a Gengar, so I've got a Ghost type. I've got Hatterene, which is a Fairy Psychic. I've got a big Machamp. I've got several Water types I could use. Um, I've I've got some stuff in backup. Um, I'm hoping that like to replace the Fire type and the Electric type I've lost. I discovered that my Ground type Hippo can learn a Fire type move and an Electric type move. It can learn Fire Fang and Thunder Fang. So. It doesn't get the bonus of, like, being the same type as the move. Because, um, like, a fire type using a fire type move does more damage. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. at the very least, I have a move of each type should I need it. So at the moment, I'm just about holding on to still having some type advantage. I realised my fire and water type Ludicolo could learn uh, fire punch. Ooh. And I'm hoping that will help keep my team alive. But... Yeah, by the time we record this next week, I will have either succeeded or failed. Well, I wish you all the luck. Yeah, thanks. I am. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. What about you? What have you been playing this week? Uh, we played something together. We did. We played through an entire game, an start entire to finish game. together. Uh, Nights and bikes. Is it nights and bikes? 
Nights and Bikes, yeah. yeah. This is a game that came out last year on PC and has just come to Switch. Uh, it is playable in co-op, which is how we did it. We played the mm-hmm. whole game in co-op. Do you want to explain the, the premise? We want to ride our bikes. We want to ride our bikes! Um, so it's uh, two young people who uh, are on an island. One of them is a resident and is just like... Life is very boring here, but I like to imagine adventures and have have cool things happen. Uh, I'm out of school because my mum has passed away recently, and things are happening that are a, a bit above my pay grade. Yeah, but, uh, I'm I'm hoping to explore that, and then new person comes to the island, seemingly with a mysterious reason. Yeah, you've basically got two young girls, probably about ten-ish, I would say, like. I get the impression that uh, the character you were playing was slightly older. I I feel like they're both around the same age. Like I would say they're both like not yet teenagers. Um, but yeah, the the whole deal is that you're you're on an island, and the big tourist draw of the island is they've got like a big mini golf course that le- and and then you get a treasure map, and it's like oh, there's treasure on the island, and. You know, it's it's probably just a story told. You know, to the island to... has a history. There was a yeah. big battle fought there. Exactly, and lots of lots of rumors and like, oh, oh, maybe you'll find where they left their treasure. Um, and then these children suddenly realize, oops, mm, there is a there is a reason why we would need to find some treasure because we need to prevent bad things from happening on our island. It's kind of the we got to save the wreck center. Kinda. Uh, we got to go on an adventure around this little sort of British island because we need to essentially save the wreck center. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a real sweet little game. It's it's quite adorable. It's got a lot of charm to it. It's it's a sort of top down adventure, um, isometric or isometric. Um, you have various weapons that you can use that do things outside of combat that differ between your characters. Mm-hmm. So what, what did your character have? You had... Um, so I had just kicking. So I could kick up dirt and do big... Big, big stompies. Ground pounds. You could stomp in a puddle and make it splash everywhere. I had uh, the plunger, the, the toilet sword. Haha, <laughs> the toilet sword. Uh, which let me lay little mines or uh, do like a hook shot on enemies mm. to pull them closer to me. And you had the power glove? I had the power glove that could make me invisible or possess glove-type enemies. Yeah, and do little electric stun attacks. Mm-hmm. I had a frisbee that I could throw, and I could sort of charge it up to throw several frisbees. Or what else did I have? Uh, I had water balloons. You didn't I could use them to put out fires as, you, as yep. well as use them in combat. And I had something else. I don't remember what my other one was. We customised bikes, though. We customised bikes. Yeah, you collected you can... loads of junk and yeah, you bikes. you collect like pogs and bits of bits of trash, and you trade them to you know put like a skull and crossbones flag and a gay pride flag on your bike. I put so many rainbows on my bike. You put a little card through the wheel so it makes a little clicky sound, and when when the kids run around when you hold down the run button, they make sounds. <laughs> yeah, one of them makes like a like an engine flying sound, and one of the kids is like. Wee! It's just so joyous. These kids seem to be having such a great time going on their big adventure, exploring Despite the like... occasional down a bit. It's just yeah. like, we're having a great time. It's like, yeah, you're exploring an abandoned uh, theme park. And oh no, now we're thinking about dead family members. Oh, it's okay again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real charming little adventure. Like, I think we played through it in about 10 hours. Yeah. We, we did it in a single sitting. We um, 
I think I think it was really charmingly written and presented. Mm. Lots of lots of character. Yeah. Soundtrack was great. I was sad we didn't get to hear the punk song from the beginning again. I I wanted them to bring because there's that bit near the end where they are recording that track, and I was like, play it again. It was real good. Yeah. Uh I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a really charming like single setting game. Yeah. I think the only only thing I would say slightly negatively about it was I, and I think it's mo- mostly because we did decide to do the whole thing in one game. Yeah. It was the getting towards the end and I'm just finding some of the frust- the, the puzzles a bit frustrating because yes. it's like here is a large open space we're not really going to tell you what do. I I think we should have split it into two 5-hour sessions. Maybe. Yeah. I think that would have really helped. I think by the time we were about eight hours in, and we knew the ending couldn't be far away, but we were be we were getting frustrated that we weren't instantly getting puzzles. It wasn't even just the instant stuff. It was like mm. I can't work out what do. Yeah, occasionally it really requires you to go like you're gonna have to look around and pay boom attention. Box. And your other thing was the boombox. Oh, the boombox! Yeah, I had a boombox. We had a number of puzzles towards the end where it was like you have to remember that if you see purple near a big rock. That you can yes. blow up the rock using the boombox. Yes. So it was like, we were wandering around in circles for like 10 minutes going, oh, well, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what to do. And we either. missed like, oh, there's a rock over there. There's I a rock in the corner near all the other rocks. And when you get close to it, you can very clearly see that it's got But we, we didn't get close enough to it to see that it was one that we could interact with. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought this game did really well when played in co-op is... Every little now and then, it would just throw in completely inconsequential challenges for the two of you to do that would be like, hey, let's see which of us can pick up the most rubbish the quickest, or who, who can make the biggest pile of things with who, the... Who can run down the bottom of the hill the fastest, and... Who can get here quickest on their bike. Yeah, the game just never took, uh, never kept track record of, like, overall throughout the game who had done better. It was just... Yeah, this is just a thing. Have fun. Every now and then just do a thing and no one needs to feel bad. Uh if you have a drawer, it doesn't it, it goes like everyone's a winner, it's great. Yay. It it's a super charming game and I would totally play more games from this developer. Yeah, definitely. Um I like the art style, it was very cute. Well, the only thing I'll say is I've not played through any of it in single player, so I don't know how well it works when I, I presume you have to switch back and forth control between the two characters. Yeah. I don't know how that feels to do, or if some of those combat encounters that we found a little overwhelming would be more so if you're having to switch between characters. Maybe. Maybe. I I need to at some point boot it up in single player just to get a feel for what the single player is like. To be fair, most of the the combat we had difficulty was, it was a case of, I need to learn this, which means I'm going to die to it at least once. Yes. But by that time, I understand what do... Let's do this. Yeah. And then just like, because it was only ever one one death. There, there was only ever one boss that we had like execution difficulty with, um, which was that one in the laser arcade. Mm. Where yeah, we there, were finding... There were two that killed us. And, yes. and it was literally one death. Oh, I get it now. Let's yeah, go it, it, that one was a little tricky to, to do the thing we needed to do. But mm. yeah, I, I, I can't say what it's like to play single player, but if you've got someone to play a game with, this is a really charming little, little adventure game. You could do a lot worse than Nights on Mike. I I, I I really enjoyed it. Same. Yeah. Like, mm. it, it, it's the kind of game, if they announced DLC was happening for it, I'd play it in an instant. I would play 
a little side adventure in this world. I would be curious to know what that would be. I I don't know either, but I would I would take more of this game. More of this. Uh, that's everything I've played. Have you played anything else? Uh, I did some painting. You did some painting. Did. Oh, you painted on your my backpack your bag, fell your apart, backpack. so I bought a new one. The only one I could find that was in my price range and the right sort of style I wanted was black and grey. So I have now coloured it in neon paint. Yes, because black and grey is is not nearly your level of, of exciting. No. So it's got rainbows and stars and flowers and rabbits and bunnies and a little gremlin and um yeah, and lots of grass. Yay! And lots of mushrooms as well. I it's mean, that, cute that's very you. It's all cute and weird and silly. Um, I might do some more. Now that I know that it worked all right, I'll do some more, put some more colour on it, make it as colourful as possible. I would love to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I do? Still playing Magic the Gathering Arena. Yeah. Uh, I recently put together a um, Selesnia enchantment deck. What colours is that? Uh, that's uh, white and green. Oh, is that that deck I've been watching you play the that's last the couple one. of days? Yes. Because I spent cool a lot of wild cards on it, and um, I now basically can't afford to... I don't have enough wild cards to make <laughs> anything else. Well, and anything less than this deck is just not really worth playing. This, this deck is real good at making some of your creatures get real strong. Yeah, so basically you have like a bunch of... I think the highest strength creature in there is a 1-3. Yeah, but like they end up at like I've seen them up to like 12, 12, 13, 13. Yeah, I've had them up to like 26, 26. Woo! Um so it's lots of things like plus 1 plus 1 you don't uh add vigilance so you don't tap to attack. Yeah. Which means you can constantly have that. Uh your hexproof uh mm. creatures there's um stuff that as soon as an enchantment comes into the the field, you draw a card, so you get some card advantage there. There's Season of Growth, so anytime there's an enchantment put onto the field, that's another card drawn. Mm-hmm. There's a chance to scry, so you can look through your deck and just go, well, I've got enough land now, it's time to start really ramping shit up. Yeah. I can't remember where I found that deck, but I found it somewhere online and I was like, I'm, g- I'm gonna try that, I've got the wild cards. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, there's a new mono red deck I'd love to try out, and it's like, oh, well, you. This... It requires like sixteen, uh, like rare, rare things from, uh, Ravnica and uh, Eldraine. I just don't have them. Well, this green and white one seems really fun. It looks like a lot of fun to play. It is. I've, I've got used to playing it now. Um, yeah. I think I've got most of the things to build an IRL version of it as well. So awesome! That might be fun to try and do. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, play anything else? No, that's it for me. State of Decay, um, Year One Survival Edition. That's that zombie that? one. It is that zombie one. I recently tried to play um, State of Decay Two because yeah. it was on the whatever thing. PlayStation Xbox? Plus, Xbox, Xbox. One of those games things. with gold or whatever. One of, it is. one of those things. Yeah, because I remember the first one being like a Microsoft Studios one, so I guess it probably would. Oh be. yeah, what was it? X- Xbox. Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. Xbox Game Pass. Maybe. That would probably be it. I don't know. I played it briefly and I was like, mm, this isn't all that. <laughs> um, it didn't feel like a big enough upgrade to the original. But then I never felt like... I always felt that Year One Survival Edition was like not that good anyway. Because it, it seemed like they'd basically gone, um, this game has got quite a lot of bugs in it and stuff. That's not very good. It's 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 got problems like sometimes you'll find 
things just hovering in the air, or zombies won't die, or other random th- like characters will get caught stuff, in things. Stuff that's not ideal. Yeah, zombies will appear from nowhere. Or like one I was doing last night, uh, or or uh, last week was, um. I couldn't get to the end of this mission because it kept saying there's still zombies around. Okay. Um. So I just like was following the map super detailed to work out exactly where this final zombie was. It grabbed me. This invisible thing just grabbed me and started wailing. Like, oh, okay. Well, at least it was invisible, but there. Like I'd imagined it had fallen through the floor or something, made itself inaccessible. It, it was invisible, but there. But like there was another person trying to shoot at it and. Apparently completely unable to do so. I'm guessing partly because it was invisible. Yay! Either way, we eventually got rid of it. But, um, yeah. Like, clearly, U1 Survival Edition wasn't super upgraded from the original. Yeah. The graphics are a bit nicer. And some of it seems to work a little bit better. And maybe be a little bit better explained. Mm. And I think it's got all the DLC included. Nice. But... At that point, I had already had to buy the whole thing myself mm. anyway. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it's fun zombie survival thing. Yeah. Hopefully I will survive. Whomst knows. Whomst knows. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Citizen, I've arrived. Uh, uh, uh he- hello? How can I help you? How is your day being threatened? Is it the forces of evil? Is Dr. Death members back again. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what? Why are you here? Doctor Death Membrance, my yeah, arch yes, nemesis. Yes, I... You may remember him from destroying the city last week. Yeah, yes, I, I do. Sorry. I defeated him. Perhaps you read about it in that expertly written newspaper article. I mean, whoever of that is is just a uh, well, just ready for a Pulitzer, right? Well, um, w- right? wait, sorry. Why are you here? I heard you need a hero. Oh, 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 so, oh, oh, you've got that look. Yeah. You've got so that look, huh? Just, just have a look around us. This is a wedding. Yeah. Do you see what might have happened here? Yeah. I'm really sorry. Who does karaoke at a wedding? Yeah, I'm really sorry. They, 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 they put on Bonnie Tyler again. It was, I, they put on I Need a Hero. Where have all the good men gone? I'm here right now. You are? I don't need any of your services, I'm sorry. There's your wedding. Sure. Can I get some cake before I go? I I mean, sure, I'm not going to say no to someone with with, with the power to laser beam through a wall. (laughs) Don't worry, citizen. I would only use that on the forces of evil. But if you summon me here again, I will cut your face. Uh, I must go! Somebody else needs a hero! Away! tired of getting things done? Yeah? Have you had enough of living your best life? It really is a lot. Bored of just drifting off straight to sleep at night? There's got to be a better way. Try anxiety. Anxiety. You've forgotten something really important, but I'm not telling you what. Please? No. So, what have you want? Me? What went into your eyes? I've had a pretty watch-heavy week this week. Yeah, I saw on Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, what did I do? I saw a musical. You did? I got invited by a lovely friend to go see a musical in London. Mm. Uh, I saw Dear Evan Hansen. Um, 
Now, I knew reasonably little about this um, up until a little while before I saw it. Um, I, I believe it was the Tony Award winner the year after Hamilton, which is the big award for, for musicals. So it's like, okay, the year after Hamilton, this was the big one. Um, Plot-wise, it is about a teenager who makes a couple of really bad decisions and then gets into that trap of, oh, oh shit, fuck, I'm in too deep. I, I gotta keep going with this now. Um, Basically, he as an, a an assignment from his therapist, he writes a letter addressed to himself. Um... And it's meant to be a very positive, affirming thing, like, hey, today's gonna be a good day and everything's gonna be great. And he's really not feeling it. He's having real bad mental health time, so he writes this very dark, depressing letter to himself um, about how things aren't gonna get better and he can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And some kid who is having a real bad time takes the letter, um, basically assuming that it was... It, he, he's... It's unclear whether he is trying to bully this kid, Evan Hansen, or whether he thinks that this letter is mocking him. Um, but this kid takes the letter addressed that this person has written to himself, and then goes and kills himself. And when he is found, everyone assumes this letter addressed to Evan Hansen is his suicide note written to this this kid who's still alive, not as opposed to this kid writing it to himself. And this this very lonely, isolated, bad mental health kid goes... Um, um, fuck. Because the, the situation as he sees it is... As far as... Like, this is the thing that, that his, this dead kid's parents are clinging to, is the, the note. It's their only chance of understanding why he killed himself. He doesn't feel like he can tell them, your son didn't write that, I have to take that away from you, you don't have any insight into why your kid killed himself. It just happened and you've got nothing. So he kind of bullshits... Oh yeah, we were we were friends. We knew each other, and and this this one little lie starts to really roll out of control. Um, because he starts having to make specifics as to about their friendship, mm -hmm. and then he starts having to try and provide evidence that this friendship existed because clearly it never did. And he's like, oh oh god, I can't. Take it, because the parents are like, oh, oh, he had a friend. We we thought he had no one. This is great. We want to get to know you. We want to get to know this friend he had, and this sort of snowballs into this this kid becoming almost like getting a lot of attention because everyone's like, oh, you were the the best friend of the dead kid. Oh, we'll console you, and very this this snowball of a story leads to. Oh no, I have to cover my tracks. What the fuck have I done? Mm. Um, it's a real... It is one of those stories that is very much about, like, being a teenager and making a couple of bad decisions and then suddenly, oh god, this all got really out of hand and it's a bit too much to deal with. How do I deal with it? Oops. Um, but, like, I, I think what makes the musical interesting is that everyone in the musical, pretty much every single character, be it... Um, the kid at the centre of this that's making all these bad decisions, or his mother who's looking after him, or the parents and family of the, of the dead kid, or other people involved in the narrative, all make equally really bad decisions for basically the same reason. It is a big story about lots of people desperate for connection and to feel like they're understood and like they're not alone. 
making very bad choices in an attempt to... Basically, they all just want to feel less alone. Um, and, like, it's, it's a very understandable motivation, even if the things they do, like... You spend most of the musical watching going, oh god, don't, oh, oh no, oh no, this is all going to blow up eventually, and it's going to be real bad. Um, the, the, the songs in the musical were absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, the stage performance and how it was all put together was great. They had a lot of sort of floating screens that were used to sort of display bits of text messages and social media windows, and they had large sections of stage that could sort of be wheeled on and wheeled off really easily, so they could, like, very effectively switch between very complicated sets on a single stage. Mm -hmm. Um, the performances were fantastic. Uh, the main, the main actor in particular did a very good job of performing physical anxiety. Um, lots of things that I, I say would verge on presentations of, like, stimming and sort of, um, panicked, anxious, uh, autism spectrum and, and neurodivergent behaviour, but very, very well physically acted. I, I believe that you are very anxious and uncomfortable right now. Mm. Uh, they, they acted that really well. Um, the, the musical's predictable. Like, from the very start of this setup of, okay, this kid has accidentally pretended to be the best friend of a dead kid, y you know how that story's gonna end. Someone's gonna work out that he's lying, and there will be some consequences of that. Um, the fact that I could totally see where it was going didn't harm my enjoyment of it in the slightest. Right. It, it very much was, I know where this is going, and if anything, that has built my anticipation because the whole time I'm sat here waiting for the other shoe to drop, and... They spend a lot of time playing around with your expectations of, is this going to be the moment? Mm -hmm. And a lot of second-guessing, like, oh, this could very easily be the thing that trips him up. Oh, no, he got through that fine. Oh, something very basic tripped him up at the, the end. You know, like, lots of playing around with... When... Cringe? Pun? Cringe? Yeah, I, I suppose so. It's it's a lot of... A lot of, oh, oh God, there's a train wreck coming... I I can't look away, but I oh oh this is painful to watch. Um, hmm. it gave it a very interesting energy. Um, yeah. th there's a couple of songs in it that I keep coming back to that I really enjoyed. Um, th there's one in particular which is a single mother singing a song that's basically about adapting to to life with her kid without second parent around hmm. and. Like, oh, oh, oh shit, my, my kid is paranoid that I'm going to be gone someday too. And that was a really moving, beautiful track that I keep listening to. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not the most, it's not the most, um, unpredictable musical ever, but it's very well acted, very well performed, really enjoyable arc. And all of the characters, while I never was rooting for any of them, I could understand where they were all coming from. They all made sense. Mm. So yeah, that's Dear Evan Hansen. Mm. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? I've been watching a lot more DS9. Yeah, I've been watching a bit of that with you. Yeah, it's it's settled down a bit. Now we're like, I think, probably about halfway through the second yeah, season. getting fewer Jake and Nog episodes. Yeah, there's le less of the, the jog stuff. Um, like, 
and, and someone someone pointed out on Facebook today, like it's it's a series that does really well for being watched in batches. Yeah. Rather than waiting weekly, because it has those like big overarching stories that are just easier to, to focus on. Yeah. And it kind of makes me think about the people who were really into that show when it was on TV were generally those people who had it all on video. Hmm. Yeah. And could watch it again and again and again. And those people seemed to really love that show. And at the time I was just like, yeah, I don't care. I kind of watch it when it's on. It's yeah. a bit Babylon Five it, for my liking. It, it wants to be watched as a as a complete series, whereas mm. some previous Star Trek had been more. You can hop in and out, and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Next Gen did very well for. It's the thing. Like Riker might have a beard this week <laughs> if you've not been paying attention, but basically, it's the thing. Yeah, Troy may look more or less like an intergalactic cheerleader. <laughs> Depending on where you are in the series, but yeah, like it, DS Nine seems to have like a a better continuity. I think. Yeah, yeah. I might be wrong. I might go back to next gen and be like, actually, there was more to this than I thought. But like, I I, I tend to agree with you from what I've seen recently. From what I've seen, yeah. But yeah, um, I've been enjoying it. We um, we just had that cool episode with uh, Clone O'Brien. That yeah. was that was fascinating. Don't want to spoil that too much. Yeah, but... that was that was quite an episode. Yeah. Um We we had our own theories on what was going on there. We were wrong, but it was an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, like as soon as soon as we got to the very end there it was like, oh of course. Yeah. It's the thing. But yeah, um it's it's a good series. It's better than I gave it credit for as a kid, and we're starting to get mentions of the Dominion. Yes, so I'm um, I'm very excited I'm, to see. I'm where glad going that on. you're enjoying it more now than you did previously. Yeah, I think I was a bit too young to appreciate it, and I think watching it like episode to episode probably didn't help. Yeah, um, I think I, I got so used to like next gen where you could pretty much watch it whatever was on Sky One that week. Yeah, yeah, and um, like unlike The Simpsons, which was doing like three episodes a night in some mm. cases, like it was we got one Star Trek. And we have to hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, very much enjoying DS9. Nice. Have you got any others? Uh, yeah. So I've watched a couple of films this week. You did. Of of of. I'll start with the one that I was expecting to be worse. Um, and it probably is, but it's not bad. Um, I've seen that Sonic the Hedgehog movie. How that Sonic the Hedgehog did? That Sonic the Hedgehog movie is pretty okay, actually. <laughs> It's uh, soundingly okay. I, okay, I would put it. I would put it more on the Detective Pikachu end of the po uh, of the video game movie adaptation scale than the. Uh, what are some examples of bad video game movies? Um, your sort of your Super Mario Brothers movie. Love your, uh, yeah, exactly. It's definitely not on that end. It's not one of the terrible... It's not part of the curse of the terrible video game movies. It's not an Uber Bowl movie. No, no. It's... <laughs> I, I I, personally wouldn't put it up... Uh, like, put it as high as I put Detective Pikachu, but that's because I personally have more investment in Pokemon as a property. I, I think I have about as much interest in either, but I, yeah. I really enjoy Detective Pikachu. Um, yeah, what here's what I'll say about Sonic. Um, I really like how they develop Sonic as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, they basically develop. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the speaking Sonic adaptations have had him as a very cocky, confident character. 
No, I've never really watched the cartoons. Okay. I okay. only vaguely remember Sonic Adventure. Okay. And Sonic Adventure so, 2. A lot of the, the, the voiced Sonic appearances basically present him as like... I would usually say he's presented as like a late teens, overly confident, like, ah, I'm up to date on pop culture, I'm really confident. Um, here they took like a very different tact on him. He's played as much more of like a young, young teenager who is, um, who's confident, still has that level of like overconfidence, but it's more there as a way to mask being really lonely and insecure. Mm. Um, largely the story is about Sonic having to run away their whole life, like lots of running from people who want their, their, their very powerfulness that they are. And as such, has never really had a chance to make connections. They're always on the outside of the world. Um, mm. Lots of watching humans have, you know, lots of fun and, and, and make friends and whatnot. And Sonic's just there from a distance like, I, 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 want, I want friends, but I'm not allowed to make myself known in case I, in, in case I have to run away again. Are you saying there's no Tails in this movie? Um, Tails is not a part of this movie's overall plot. Tails um, is in the movie, but not very much. There's uh, something like that. Okay. Um, I don't want to say too much, but um, I, the way Sonic is played here is almost a little bit like um some versions of the Flash in in uh, some of the comic books. He's played a little bit like he experiences the world at a much faster pace than everyone else, and mm -hmm. that basically plays out as. A day for him is like a thousand hours and he's spending all of that time alone and not able to connect with anyone and it's made him... He's 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 lonely and he's very pop culture reference obsessed because he's trying to fill his hours with something to keep himself amused. And this is all basically set up to a road trip movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, like, it's an endearing setup for the character. It made me care about them. Um... You've got to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief because Sonic can... It's shown at one point in the film Sonic can run from the centre of the United States to the coast and back in two seconds. And as such, if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, the entire plot of him needing someone to help take him somewhere doesn't really work. Um, there is a flimsy excuse given. Sonic doesn't know the way. He can't find the place he's got to go to. Um, but, like, you have to just... Take it as granted, okay, he can't find where he's going, he needs some help. Um, as as a justification for him and another character having a nice road trip. But it's a it's it's a fun, well-paced sort of road trip comedy film. Um the comedy is all like pretty well-meaning and nothing like mean-spirited or or you know, jabs at anyone unnecessarily. Speaking of which, how uh, uh, Jim Carrey. how insufferable is Jim Carrey in this uh, movie? <laughs> I thought Jim Carrey really worked in this. Um, okay. You know, I have my problems with some of Jim Carrey's roles in the past, cough, cough, Ace Ventura. <laughs> but um, the performance here, I think, really works for the character. He, he, His version of Robotnik very much starts... Wait, is he Robotnik or Eggman in this? Um, He uses the name Robotnik at the start of the film. Okay. But he he plays the character initially as like eccentric smartest man in the room, just like a little a little off, but l largely in control, and very very much like ramps up his performance as the film escalates. The more frustrated he gets at Sonic, the more his performance sort of 
increases in tone. And, like, he does a very good job of ramping his performance up gradually over the film. Mm -hmm. And I like where that character ends up. I would, I would, I would totally go see a sequel to this. It, it, it built the characters up in a way I would happily see more of. My main complaint, and the fact that this is my biggest complaint about this... Okay, I have two. Um, <laughs> one is that they, in some places, just lift scenes from other films kind of um, a little shamelessly. Uh, particularly the X-Men, the, the more recent X-Men movies, the Quicksilver scenes, where the whole world is practically at a standstill and Quicksilver's just like waltzing through to a piece of music, um, moving people around and doing various things and all in the blink of an eye. Like, that, that, those Quicksilver scenes, it basically pinches unapo- very unapologetically. Um, the other thing is some awkward product placement and references for kids. Um, Olive Garden clearly has a, a brand deal with this film, and uh, Olive Garden comes up more than once in the film uh, in a very awkward, like, it's very clear we put this here as a, a brand deal. Yikes. Um, like, again, it's not enough to, to ruin the film in any way. It's just, you'll be aware of it. Um, and the other one, and I've, how do I put this? <laughs> um, flossing. The Fortnite dance that all the kids are doing, the floss... You aware of are this? they still doing that? Uh, I, I don't feel know. Like if... That's an outdated meme. Now. I don't know if they're still doing it, but Sonic sure is doing it. And the problem isn't even that he's doing this dance. It's that it's of all the various pop culture things they try to wedge into this film, it's the one that feels the least justified. Because like when Sonic is quoting like the movie Speed, that makes sense. He's watched it through a window, watched some other people watching the film. It's about going very fast. It was a it's a sort it's of not even about going that fast. No, but like it's, it's conceptually it's about speed and it's he's it's part of a bonding thing between him and the main character. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense when he quotes Flash comics because he's got a big stack of them in his hole. It's clearly a character he like on screen. We see he, he really he very much relates to. He's used as like I really like the touch that like he seems to be reading like very very much. Um, Barry Allen Flash comics, which are very much about moving faster than everyone else around you and the kind of depressing reality of that and mm. not being able to make connections. So, like, yeah, I, they justified on screen why he's, you know, quoting the Flash. But, like, we never see... There's a scene where he's watching kids play baseball and, like, if one of the kids after doing a home run had done a floss and then we'd seen Sonic under the bleachers trying to do it as well, that could have been a nice moment of, okay, he's... He's trying to mimic what other people are doing because he wants to feel like he fits in. They don't make that, like, little bit of effort to make it, like... To justify why Sonic would be flossing. Okay. It just... They drop it in, like, three times in the film, just, like, he flosses. And I'm like, okay. Does he floss very quickly, though? Oh, very quickly. But, like, here's the thing. If that's my biggest complaints about the film, I I had a lot of fun watching it. Okay. It it was it was a it was a very well paced, enjoyable film with a little sweet little arc for Sonic and I I cared about this version of Sonic more than I usually care about the character. I will I look forward to watching it at some point. Yeah. I I'm up for watching it again. Cool. Uh what about you? What have you been watching this nope, week? That was it. That's it. It's just DS9. Well I can it's a talk, long series. I can talk about the other thing I saw this week. Yeah, tell us about the other thing. Uh Birds of Prey, the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So this is called Birds of Prey. It's not really a Birds of Prey film. Uh it is much more a Harley Quinn film that at the very like last five minutes becomes a Birds of Prey film. Um 
I I don't know if they didn't call it Harley, it, like put Harley Quinn more at the front of the title because of uh, previous appearances of the character in the DCU or anything. I mean, as I understood it, and I haven't seen the film. Yeah. Um, it's it was originally just billed as Birds of Prey, but in like the second week of box office, it got a Harley Quinn subtitle. Oh, the the Harley Quinn subtitle was always on there. I think I like. After the second, I was told differently. After the sales didn't go well, they moved Harley Quinn to the start of the title. Oh, okay. Uh, rather than the end. Oh, okay. To try and be like, hey, people know Harley Quinn. We'll put Harley Quinn at the front now. Um, apparently, it's done well enough to like make back its its money it costs to make, but like it hasn't done big superhero numbers. Yeah, I was seeing the thing on Twitter about um, was it. Ford versus Ferrari or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They made thirty-one million, and everyone's like, "Yeah, just amazing, triumph, and wonderful." And Birds of Prey made thirty-three million. It's like, a terrible, terrible job. Of the I, I think it's it's comparisons. It's people looking at say Wonder Woman or um, Captain Marvel, looking at other comparable female-led uh, superhero films. But like, this is an R-rated superhero film in the DC universe, which. Has tip- people have not been given reason to suspect DC superhero films will be good over the last no, few years. No, which I think Although is I heard good things about um, Shazam. Shazam was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, this is very much a Harley Quinn film, and it's basically the version of the Joker that appears very briefly in Suicide Squad. Um, this is like, hey, let's write him out of the DCU. Yeah. Um, the the first two minutes of this film are Harley going, hey, so I fucking broke up with him. He's a manipulative piece of shit, and I wasted my the best years of my life obediently following him. And fuck that, I should time. be my own person. So it's basically about Harley, um, g- going out and trying to live life on her own terms, mm-hmm. and very quickly realizing. Oh shit, there's a bunch of enemies I made while I was with the Joker who weren't attacking me because I was dating the Joker. They were they didn't want the Joker to come after them, so they, you know, never came after me. Oops, there's a lot of people who don't like me. And it's a lot of Harley going How how do I keep myself from being killed by all of these people I have angered over the years while getting my groove back and working out who I am now that I'm not with this person that basically consumed my whole identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, who am I when I'm not just subservient to the Joker? Um, it's a really, really fun film. Um, all of its action scenes feel very plausible and realistic. Um, I heard about the hair tie. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's not reliant on heavy CGI-based scenes. It's a lot of like very practical effects, very practical stunt work. Nice. Um... Lots of very colourful scenes, um, lots of great use of music. Um, a lot of the scenes are incredibly well paced. Um, it's a very funny film. And again, it took Harley Quinn as a character who I'd really not... Most pop culture I'd seen had not given me much reason to care about the character. And it was just a much... It was a really nice interpretation of the character that I wanted to root for. Mm. You know, she's not a good person, but she's she's an endearing person. I don't know. She came in that one sort of uh, New 52 uh, Harley Quinn episode one. Or yeah. Or volume, volume one. She was an amazing character. I do not know what the fuck DC decided to do thereafter. Yeah, so <laughs> the, 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 the version of the character they've taken here is they've gone back to a lot of her roots of like... She is really smart. She went to medical school. Um, like 
you know, she's 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 vicious and she's, you know, um she's reckless, but she she's intelligent. She's not like she's not thoughtless. She's not a bimbo. Yeah, no, she is she is she can come up with a good plan and she can execute it well, but she's got a real flair for style. Mm. And she likes the the theatrics of things mm-hmm. and it just makes her a really fun character to watch. Yeah. Um Who I... are the other birds of prey out of interest? Um okay, so there is um Black Canary, uh okay. I think is one of them. Um she's she's a singer, she has voice based uh, powers, she can do big sh- shouty, screamy things. Cool. Um we've got Huntress, who her power is she's real good with a crossbow and beating people up. She's so she's DC's Hawkeye. She's she's kind of D- DC's Hawkeye, but like, what if Hawkeye wasn't afraid to shout obscenities in your face while shooting you between the a point blank between the eyes? She's DC's Hawkeye. <laughs> she's, she's she's the R-rated version of Hawkeye. She's the goth Hawkeye. Okay, cool. She's she's goth lady Hawkeye. Um, goth is supposed to emo. Yeah, we've got we've got goth we've got goth Hawkeye. We've got. Um, singing, singing, driver badass that can do shouty powers. Um, we've got a kid who doesn't really end up with powers in this film, but in other bits of like the comics, ends up being ends up being part of the Batman hero universe. Um, and we have a police officer. Hmm. Um. So yeah, we end up with this this really fun group of. Female characters who largely don't have like you know we're not talking like Superman level superhero powers. We're talking real good at beating stuff up, and maybe one of them might have magical powers ish. But like it's they're not using them left, right, and center for reasons. And okay. yeah, largely it's just badass women kicking their way through a bunch of 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 men that are in their way. Nice. Um. Again, really enjoyable film. I'm totally up for rewatching that. Mm-hmm. I I would like to see that again. I'm excited to see it at some point. Heck, um, what about you? You watched anything else? Well then, time for this. Mm-hmm. Lola, I've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, are you tired of not knowing what's going on with the weather? I I mean I I I have to go to so much effort to find out. Right, you've got to look up online. Got to find a website. Got to load an app up. Got to do the thing. Make what sure if, my phone's charged. What if there was some part of your body that could just tell you what the weather's going to do in the next couple of what, hours? What, like a built-in weather app? Like a sort of inbuilt barometer. Tell me more. Check out weather joints. Dot lol dot net. What's weather joints? Well, it's like tiny injuries, just mild joint injuries. Just don't worry about it. Just mild like, injuries I, that will may slowly it. get worse yeah. over, over okay, time. Okay, a little bit. You know, you might want to get on the glucosamine train there. But in exchange for that, you will be granted the superpower of being able to detect when there's going to be a cold spell or the rain, or the wind, several hours in advance. Without having to check my phone and bulky like, apps. Shit, my knee hurts. My knee hurts. The storms are coming. The storms are coming. Crack, crack. Oh, there go my shoulders. <laughs> well, this sounds like a highly practical superpower I could possess. Right, anyone could have this. You know, forget knowing that it's already raining. You could know that it's going to be real cold and damp within the next hour. Yeah. Like... Within an hour. 
Or know that it's raining outside without having to open the curtains to look. Right. So yeah. if you want to get involved in that, just head over to weatherjoints.lol.net and enter the code QNPS105. 105! Yeah, and you can get as little as 5% off a kneecap. I, I, uh, are you getting kneecapped or...? I didn't ask the questions. I just took the sponsorship money and uh, read uh, the uh, copy uh, okay, in an enthusiastic okay. fashion. We're not. It says here in the contract we're not supposed to question exactly what they do to the kneecap. Okay, okay. I won't question the what they do. Weather join. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 How's uh, how's business going? Well, you know, good. We're making all the money. The latest controversy has all died down. Well, we're making all of the money or, you know, just a lot of the money. Most of the money. Like 99% of the money. Okay, well, how can we make that extra 1% of the money? I need ideas. What you got? Well, we have released a lot of broken buggy shit. Well, yeah, that's kind of what we do. Incomplete games, things that have never been quite finished. Like, I mean, we don't call it early access, but it's... You're... Buying it when it's incomplete and needs finishing. Yeah, we'll have like a roadmap. We'll sell you DLC in the intervening time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we took one of those games that wasn't complete, that was buggy, that we released DLC for, and we released a version with slightly improved graphics and only most of the bugs still intact? Only most of them? Yeah, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We've actually introduced a whole bunch of new bugs. But we got rid of, like, three of the old ones. Yeah, these are special edition bugs. Okay, okay, They'll be paying extra for that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and we're going to be charging them three times the price, because it's got all the DLC, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But now in shiny graphics, so, you know, we have to make sure that... uh, I don't think we've increased the models or anything... On any of the stuff, uh, the lighting's still a little bit borked in places. Sometimes there are invisible enemies, but, you know, people really liked it the first time we released the game, and we've got a sequel coming out soon, so get on the hype train. <sighs> you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what a slithered into my ears! My ears? Um, most of what I've been listening to this week is songs from musicals, because after going to see that musical, I got real into the musical spirit. Um, so I've been listening to songs from Dear Evan Hansen, because I went and saw that and it's been stuck in my head. Um, but I've also been listening to songs from Little Shop of Horrors. Yay! Oh, I I keep humming You'll Be a Dentist this week. Uh, for anyone who's who's never watched Little Shop of Horrors or heard that song, it is a great song about someone who is sadistic and enjoys causing people pain and gets pushed into a career as a dentist because, hey, you'll you'll make a fortune torturing people essentially. And it's it's a very catchy track. Uh, I've been listening to some songs from Wicked. No good deed goes unpunished. No, no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, Defying gravity. Ah. Oh. Uh, Cause then I'll be defying gravity. Um, Hamilton. I've been listening to a bunch of songs from Hamilton. Um, oh, what's the one from Hamilton I was listening to recently? Um, oh, Satisfied from Hamilton. Um, which is a a song about just like never being quite 
happy with things and being like, no, I need to push myself further. Very good track, that one. Um, what about you? What have you been listening to this week? Oh, I've been listening to a bunch of fa- fa- Father Funk. Father, F- Oh, yeah, you got so much Father Funk music. I, I got the complete Father Funk collection. That, that, that would be a pretty complete collection of Father Funk stuff. It was Father Funk's birthday, so there was an option to get it all for free. I did not get it all for free. That would be rude. But I did... I I did get the whole lot together, and I got some of them cheaper than others. Uh, so I got the uh, the uh, the only album I've had a chance to listen to all the way through was uh, Father Funk's drum and bass bangers. Yeah, tried and tested dance floor smashers. Were they dance floor smashers? In uh, fact, I've heard a bunch of them before. Um, You've heard a bunch of them before. Uh, Electric Six Gay Bar, the Father Funk remix. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shake a Tail Feather, the Father Funk remix, which we have heard played live. Oh. And it was incredible. <laughs> um, James Brown, Proper's Got a Brand New Bag. Uh, Shagadelica, which is like a load of samples from Austin Powers. Uh, the first Austin Powers. The problem with anything with Austin Powers samples in it is I sit there going, please don't do the line, please don't do the line, please don't, don't be transphobic, please just, yeah. just don't do the thing. And just just don't the, do that one bit. By the time it got to the, the end of the track, I was like, okay, I'm quite tense now, but I have listened to it all the way through, it didn't do the thing, So now it's I can kind re- of a banger. Yeah, now I can re-listen to it less <laughs> tense. Uh, George Michael, Careless Whisper, Drum and Bass Remix. Yeah. Um, there's lots of good tracks on there. Um, oh, Tom Jones is not unusual. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and Under the Sea from oh, Mermaid. Yeah. It's... Father Funk's real good. I like Father Funk. Uh, hopefully, they're not problematic. <sighs> if they are, I'm unaware of it. I am unaware of it, but um, yeah, I I I've enjoyed a lot. I've still got uh, like. Four more albums of um, bootlegs and what's it called? Bootlegs and blah, blah, blah. I've still got four more albums of bootlegs and B sides. I bought the first one ages ago because it had Gay Bar and um, <laughs> yeah. and Shake a Tail Feather and the uh, Mr. Sandman oh, yeah. remix, yeah. Uh, which I really like. I I like the sort of like funk, drum and bass, electronica. Stuff that yeah. that um, Father Funk does, um, yeah, it's 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 good music that I enjoy because I I got very into fake disco and um, like electro funk for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, I very much like the, those sounds. I think it's because I'm a bit of a disco kid at heart, despite being born well after disco. I mean, I like a bit of disco. Disco is great. Yeah. We probably still have disco now if it wasn't for racism and homophobia. Ooh, very true. Well, what about you? you really, it's just been a week of listening to songs from musicals. I d- and I don't blame you. Musicals are great. Yeah. You listen to anything else? Uh, no, I mean, oh yeah, My Noise. I've been listening to a lot of stuff on My Noise. Yeah. I've been without access to YouTube for a lot of this week, so I've been listening to My Noise. To that's the white noise, etc. Uh, sound generators. Yes. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Um, My Noise They have things. That I initially sort of found them looking for things like smoothed brown noise and um, like white noise generators, things yes. like that. But this is the one that does like it can do like cat purr. Beautiful cat purr generator, and yeah. you can like. Changed like all the different like like 
uh, like on a on a graphic equalizer of like here are the mids of cat purr, yeah. here are the tweets of cat purr, and it's like mm, you can and there's people in like the comments uh, underneath that going ah oh, I've worked out the perfect one this sounds exactly like my cat and I can oh. make it I lost my cat and it sounds exactly like with these settings oh it's like you can listen to other people's cats that's <laughs> really lovely it's really sweet and it's oh. just like. Or there's something I like to do. It's got like animated sliders, so you can click on the thing and it'll animate the sliders and just move them slightly. So it'll just slightly change slowly yeah. over time. It's like oh, that's real. All the different kitties. That's real nice. Um, I've been really enjoying that. Uh, some of the tonal drones. There's like a, mm. a traditional folk one, which sounds sort of like bagpipes and flutes, mm -hmm. uh, and people sort of. Um, yeah, I think there's some drumming in there as well. There's loads of like random samples of uh, water and rivers and things. Mm. Yeah, so if you want like, uh, like uh, rainfor rainforest river sounds, yeah, like wildlife sounds. There's sounds of like uh, rice fields. Mm. So like everything you might hear. And apparently this guy just goes around the world and records tons of fucking audio yeah. at incredibly high quality, and then just sort of fucks about with it to make these generators. Nice. And it's great. Uh, a lot of it is accessible for free. Some of it is you can get to like make a one-off, and you I think you get access for pretty much forever. Although at some point they'll go, you've listened to a lot of our stuff. At this point, the amount that you have donated is slightly less than what you've used, so you don't have to. But just so you know, yeah. and you see, you will still have access to all the patron exclusive yeah. stuff, but. I like that stuff, so I've donated to them a couple of times. It's, it's real. Nice. It's a real good. It's, it's a, real a really good, good service, and it's... I I have donated to them once or twice. I very much enjoy them too. Uh -huh. I yeah. I I'm a big fan. Yeah, I need those good sounds. Oh yeah, to same. block out all the other sounds. So many times when I'm working, I'm just like put put me on some rain noise. Mm -hmm. Put me on some you know waves crashing. Give me them good noises. It's not just like the. No those, I feel like those are fairly typical things that you find in like sound generators. I know, I know. But it's things like, do you want to hear like a, a European AC unit? Or oh an my, American AC oh my, unit? I, or a tumble dryer? Oh my god, tumble dryer is the best. Uh, tumble dryer is great. There's uh, like aquariums. Yes, I know. Aquarium oh. sounds. It's I, just like, here's oh. the thing. I, it, you, you got me onto this site specifically, and it is great. There's um, so many different there, generators. There are so many, like, I like to layer lots of different mm -hmm, things, and I, mm -hmm. I, I love, like, uh, Tumble Dryer with Rain mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. um, I like Rain and Waves and a bit of Cat Purr mm. is really nice. Um, oh, it's really oh, nice to just play around I, with I like the sort of really, like, mess with your head ones, like um, binaural beats, binaural tones, bilateral mm. tones... Um, there's one called Shepherd Madness as well, um, which just seems to just go up and up and up and up and up and up and up forever. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure it's just the way it's layered, but it just feels, it does feel like you're going a bit like, a bit, uh, like <laughs> losing your mind a little bit to just these, all these layers of sound. And sometimes I just really like doing that to myself, yeah. just like, yeah. I just want to hear all the really fuck with your brain type sounds just yeah. lay on top of each other. Make sounds for me, for my brain. Make all the brain pain sounds. <laughs> all the ones that are really weird. Do it. Fuck me What's up. the website again for anyone? Uh, MyNoise.net. MyNoise.net. Yeah. Lovely. Mm, well, you want any others? That's it for me. Well, it's time for this. 
Extinction rebellion, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them climate protesters and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that that is secretly run by a shadowy cabal of dystopian future fiction writers? What? Why would? Why would? Why would dystopian future fiction writers want 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 to avoid dystopia? Imagine how hard it is right now to write. A dystopian future where people are like, I mean, it's not as bad as what's going to actually happen right now. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Unless you're, unless you're writing a dystopia in which the planet catches fire in the next twenty years and everyone dies. Right. Imagine like it's not. You know, re- yeah. Exactly. Not right? gonna have much impact, no. is it? So they're trying to make the world. A better place just so that their books won't read like current affairs or you know actually quite utopian visions of the future yeah i suppose so like if you look back at some dystopian uh novels of the past look 1984 yeah don't don't read nearly so dystopian these days i mean there's a class structure that's a problem but uh at least the planet isn't you know being ripped apart by rampant capitalism well, at least at least that's not happening in conjunction. Well, well, no, no, no. But uh, yeah, so now you know. Right, right, everyone, everyone, places, places. We've got another night of dreams to put together. Um. Jason is asleep now, and we need to start putting together some kind of narrative for them. Um, right, what have we got in the what have we got in the props box? Uh, well, I've got this squirrel costume. Uh, okay. Anything else to do with squirrels, or? Uh, no, I've got this mask of uh, Jason's father. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've got what is this clown makeup? Clown makeup, yes. Oh, yes. someone uh, been, string has, of sausages. Has someone been raiding the cupboard again. Gosh. Um. Yeah. Right. Uh, what 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 have we got in 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 the way of uh of sets? Have we got any sets that work with this? We've got this weird collection of geometric shapes that seem to just stretch on to an infinity, but also seem to be very 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 close at the same God, time. God, are the props department not in? Can they not? Uh, uh, can the can the design department not just give us like a room? Unfortunately, not. It is on loan to somebody else. Okay, okay, and uh, have we got anyone into act this thing? Well, it's funny you should say that. Apparently, Britney Spears didn't have anything else on this evening. Oh, can we put Britney Spears in the squirrel costume, I suppose? With the face of the father yes. wearing clown makeup. Or is she wearing the clown makeup under the mask? I um maybe she pulls off the, the, the father's face and then we see her in the clown makeup, and that's yes. when we find out it's Britney Spears, and we just put her in the eternal void environment. In the eternal geometric void, yeah. I mean I, mean, I think that's sorted. I mean I think we could, we 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 would win a student film prize for this. It's going to be good enough for Jason. <gasps> Which case, Black and White will do the whole thing in Black and White. Oh yes, yes, uh, and in French, naturally. Yes, done, sorted. Another perfect 
Coherent dream shipped to the dream department. Ship it! Question time, let's have a question. What's a question? What happened? <laughs> I don't know, my throat hurts and I couldn't hit the normal range where I answer that. I'm sorry. Future <laughs> um, Fishy asks, headphones or earbuds? Oh, over ear headphones, not on ear. Every time. Every time. I want headphones that go around my ear and hit, like, touch the head around it, but leave no pressure on the ear itself. If only I could afford such fancy head ear headphones. Uh, I, I, I can't do earbuds. I can't do on ear headphones. I, I need, I need my over ears. I, I used to use earbuds all the time. I had, I got through like a billion pair of Skull Candy headphones every year. Yeah, because they would break a lot. I have had in maybe in the last six or seven years, I've had two pairs of headphones. They're like uh, Sony DJ headphones, and I love the sound quality. They're on ear rather than over ear, but the sound quality is really nice. They're really sturdy, and I've not really had any problems. I have a wireless pair of Sony over ear ones that uh, they last weeks between charges, and they've got really nice sound quality and a good range on the Bluetooth, Mm -hmm. and they are fantastic, and I love them. And they can be plugged in by wire if I need to. Nice. And then I have a wired set that I use for most of my podcasting. This old Razer headset that I just took the microphone section off and just used them as headphones. That's so good. I know, right? They are my podcasting headphones. They've got a little slider behind the left ear that I can control the volume mm-hmm. without having to mess with the computer settings. And, oh, they're so comfy. They're yeah, such they a good comfy... And the sound quality on those is amazing. It's amazing sound quality. Real, they got real good volume on them if you want to go loud. They're great. I love these headphones. One day. Yes. Uh, Arachnovolt uh, asks, what is an old game that you adore that you wish had more appreciation? Hmm. Have you got an answer for this one? Uh, Interplay's Lord of the Rings, Volume 1. Oh, yeah. And by association, the other one. Mm. That was no. I, as for, I I didn't realise it had never actually been officially released. Two Towers never got released. It was completed. It's buggy as shit. It's as buggy as the first one. I I I my my favorite one, and this is gonna be weird because it's it's a piece of abandonware that I got for free with a PC magazine back mm. in the late nineties. This is 1997's Discovery Channel Multimedia. Pirates Captain's Quest. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. And we this, we need to sit down and play it together. This is something. the game that for years I couldn't find again because I I all I could remember was it being called Pirates. I didn't remember the Captain's Quest subheading. And I suppose but, you get caught up with uh, Sid Meier's there a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um so this is like a late seven uh, a late 90s PC uh pirate game. Where you sail around the ocean, you make trade deals, you shoot down other ships. It had like a bunch of different gameplay mechanics at play. Like I was surprised for the era how many gameplay genres you had in this. Like um, if you angered someone, you might get into a sword fight and there's a little sword fighting mechanic. Uh, You had conversation trees. Uh, You had uh, every time you started a playthrough, uh, all of the locations of things were randomized. Cool. Um, and you were given like what three out of a pool of like twenty quests that were your three quests to complete this time, and it might be do a certain amount of trading, collect a certain number of ships or crewmates on your crew, you know, think, find X number of gold, and you've got to balance like having enough. If you recruit more people to your ship. You'll have more ability to fire your cannons more quickly, but you need more food and water to keep them alive. Um, 
when you plot your journeys to new places, you need to think about, do we have enough resources on the ship to stay alive? If not, do we need to shoot down another ship on the way and raid them for supplies? If you can take them over and do a sword fight and, like, beat the, the pirates on the other ship, you get more supplies than if you shoot them down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, like, interesting mechanics at play, and it's just... It is my favourite experience I've ever had being a pirate in a video game. Yay! And... Like, considering it was like an edutainment game, it was designed to be like, here's trying to teach you about the world and about how pirates may have acted in the oceans at one point in history. But like, it did not feel like an edutainment game. It was just it was just a good game about being a pirate. It wasn't like anything you would have found on an even Carter disc. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what PC magazine my parents used to get to teach them about computers, but every now and then we'd get a CD with it and... Uh, yeah, this this was one of them. Nice. And I remember it very fondly. Um, Other games from a long time ago. Freezer Frenzy. Freezer Frenzy? Freezer Frenzy. You're a... I can't remember what your character is. I think you have to squish, like, creatures. I think you might be a penguin and you have to squish things with ice cubes. And if you touch the sides, you can electrocute that side wall. Ah. It was similar to a version of uh, Dizzy Quick Snacks, but I can't remember which version. Because it seemed Dizzy Quick Snacks seemed to be a different game on different fucking systems. Hmm. One of them, it's I think like on the Commodore sixty four, it's like a weird, uh, uh, like maze game where you've got to go around collect a bunch of things and not get attacked. Uh, and try and get all the fluffles to the exit. But another one was literally push box squish thing. Yeah. Don't know why that... Whatever happened to that genre, I, I guess games just got better. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, the last one I wanted to mention was another sort of late 90s PC game uh, called My Teacher is an Alien. Okay. Uh, and it was a sort of point-and-click mystery adventure set in a school where you're playing as a group of kids and something's gone a bit weird. And there's like a bunch of teachers that could be the alien in it and it sort of randomises every time, but... You've got to work out which of your teachers is the alien. Um, go and work out, like, between lessons how to sneak and get evidence. Um, you've got to work out, like, how to find out where the ship is and get onto the ship and avoid getting getting caught. And it, it's a whole, like, sort of mystery point and click for kids about managing to successfully unmask and, you know, save save the... the the teacher that has been replaced by an alien. Oh, um, and perhaps, like, uh, as you go through the game, more people can get abducted, and you might have to rescue more people, but the more people get abducted during your playthrough, you then can't get help from those potential NPCs that might have been able to help you. It was a really fun game. I remember it very fondly. I, I remember I had to learn what X- the X-Files was to get through a puzzle in it, because, like, to get onto... To get onto the library computer, you had to put in a password from several, like, words um, to get onto this, like, Alien Hunters forum. And the password was uh, I, like, eyeball, I want the number two and believe, because X-Files, I want to believe. Right. So I had to learn what what X-Files was in order to realise I want to believe was the password. Right. Right. Yeah, a bit of moon logic there, perhaps, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, I totally see what they were going for. 
I mean, the thing is that I've recently learned from making a text adventure is try and make everything exist within the game. Yes, I had to, from outside means, learn about X Files um, slogans. Like there, as a, as a young kid. Yeah, like I stuck a, a Gremlins reference in there. Yeah, it's in there, but there is still like, hey, if I could shed some light on this problem, it would uh-huh. be solved. Uh, Callum Turner asks, uh, do you play any VR games particularly often? Beat Saber. I think Beat Saber is the one we come back to most. Oh, and Tetris Effect. Oh, Tetris. I love going back to Tetris Effect. Yeah, Tetris Effect is great. We need to go back to that again soon. We do. The problem is we don't have the the headset we used to, and I couldn't work out where to put my... uh, Oh, I I can help... now we've got a version 2 rather than a version 1. Yes, I can help show you where to plug the... Oh, I know now. Ah, okay. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe, maybe we we have a week... This weekend coming up, maybe we do movie watching Saturday and then VR Sunday. And have that VR board game. That's some magic. Oh, we've got too many things we want to do. Yeah, and not enough free time. Yeah, gosh. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Tricky asks, what is the last question you openly asked yourself and still don't have an answer to? Deep, huh? Yeah, do you have an answer for this? Um, no. I I, I think I've basically answered everything, I, or just accepted that there is no answer to the things. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess the only one that I'm still asking myself, and I feel like the answer to this changes over time, which is why I, I you know, there's never going to be a firm answer to it, is... What I want as my end goal career-wise. Oh. Um, that is one that I ask my... It, like, I try and revisit that question fairly regularly. And go like, am I happy with what I'm aiming for? Has the landscape of the industry I'm in changed? Like, what do I want to be aiming for? What do I want to work towards? What What do I want to focus on? And that's a question that, like, I don't think it's helpful to have a firm, solid answer for. I like to just... Reassessing I feel like it, that's more of a check-in thing rather yeah. than a... It, well, it's, it's less that I've not come to an answer. It's I've come to an answer, but, but I... The answer I, is now different. I reassess my answer to that regularly. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Bird asks, What is one thing that you could do a longish presentation on without... With with no present pre- preparation? Words. Butts, I guess. Would be uh, video game butts. Butts, I've done. I've done butts talks. Uh, I, I, I feel like that's cheating because I've already done a talk on that subject, which I did prepare for. Shiny Pokemon. I could probably do a presentation about shiny Pokemon at length with little preparation time. Myself? Yeah, I, <laughs> I would see you do a presentation about yourself. You want to hear some real fucked up stories? I'll tell you some fucked up stories. Oh, I got some stories for you. <laughs> just, 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 ah, oh, but just living my own life count as preparation. Ah. Any <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monster asks, uh, not sure if you've answered this one last time I asked, but uh, I'll just ask again. What is your favourite Planet Booty song? Ooh, ooh. Let me pull up a list. because I... I still haven't sat down to listen to Planet Booty yet. I really like Take Off Your Pants, which is a sort of slow slow jam, a little bit um little bit R and B sort of pacing to it track about like about taking your clothes you and your partner taking your clothes off together. But it's also about consent and, you know, appreciating appreciating bodies for everything that they are. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's just a nice, respectful track. There's yeah. also like, hey, hey, it's a nice, sexy slow jab. Uh, Rob Sothoth says, uh, you each get one wish, but the wish must include a swarms of angry bees. What do you wish for? 
I wish for a bee-proof suit. <laughs> uh, I wish for swarms of angry bees to attack fascists and Tories. I, okay, I wish, <laughs> I wish for my swarm of angry bees that I have to get in this wish yep. to be in a place in the world where they are healthy and happy and can pollinate plants effectively. I wish that my swarm of angry bees can find a suitable therapist and help them deal with their anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can be happy and more fulfilled oh, bees. Yeah, we're wishing for a bee therapist. Aww. <laughs> um, Lucy asks, If you were going to do a burlesque dance, what song would you dance to and why? Ooh. I don't know. What would you dance to? Uh, see, my initial thought was Feeling Good, the bass nectar remix. Oh, yeah. But then in my head, as soon as I started being about to say it, it turned into tight pants body rolls. Oh my god, tight pants body rolls. Watch out for my body rolls. Watch out for my body rolls. See, now, it's probably because I've only just because I've mentioned it a minute ago, but Planet Booties Take Off Your Pants, I could probably do a good, uh, you know, I could, I could probably make that work. I'm very ready for that. <laughs> uh, have you all or ever tried a tabletop RBG called Masks A New Generation? No, I know nothing about it, but I will Google it after we've recorded. I think I have some details of it somewhere. But again, it's one of those things like someone told me about it, possibly Arachnovolt, mm. uh, and I, I just haven't had a chance to get round to it, and then it got lost in the mists of time. Uh, Omega on the Saint asks, what one-page RPG do you wish existed? See, here's the thing. I'm currently trying to write a couple that I wish existed. Well, there you go. So, um, probably the ones I am currently writing because I so badly wish they existed. I'm currently trying to write a sports anime one-page RPG that I've playtested twice and I've been pretty happy with and I want to make a thing. I quite like the idea of a one-page uh, polyamorous BDSM <laughs> roleplay. I'm not sure what that would be about. I just like those themes. Yeah. Uh, Larry Yelling NB asks, uh, what is the pettiest thing that you can't stand? I don't know if it's petty. It's a very simple thing. I can't stand freezer scraping noise. I will defrost the freezer. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I could also do this thing. I have not done this thing. I mean, I, I don't know if it's petty or if it's just that I have like weird triggers about things. Like I get unreasonably upset. If even if I go to other people's houses and their cutlery drawer isn't laid out, knives, forks, and spoons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Um, a toilet roll hangs to the oh, front, not to the back. Damn right it does. I was even in if our, you've got a cat. I was in our bathroom the other day and it was hung to the back. I was like, I don't know which just... of us did that because neither of us does that, but. No. This is wild. <laughs> Who broke us? Somebody broke into our house and took a shit in our toilet. <laughs> Who took a shit in our toilet? Oops. Smudge, have you been learning to use the toilet and you accidentally put the, the toilet paper back the wrong way? I mean, I'd, if if you want to do that, Smudge, that would save us a lot on, on cat litter. litter. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should just get that thing to that you can use to teach your cat to use the toilet. We could try him. I'm worried that she might fall in the toilet, though. She's quite clumsy for a cat. <laughs> She's a bit clumsy. Uh, Samuel West asks, uh, Your D&D party is in the Arctic fighting arse golem, golem plutocracy, but ran out of food because a vorpal squirrel got into the supplies. During the last battle, one of your compatriots, a troll, lost their arm, but it has since grown back. They offer you the severed arm to eat. 
Where does that fall on the ethical consumption slash vegan scale? I mean, if it's been given consensually, yeah. it's if, fine. If they've given it to you with the express permission of it's okay for you to eat, then I think it's ethical. Yeah. The, it's real, ethic- que- the real question is, if they have some, is that auto-cannibalism? I mean, yeah. But that's not a bad thing in this case. Yeah. Becky too, Hill. Hi, Becky. Love you. Mwah, I love you. Uh, how do you feel about being naked in public, e.g. nude beaches? Um, I mean, I've been almost completely naked at a, a fetish party before. I mean, I if you'd asked me a few years ago, I'd have been a lot more reluctant. Um, I used to be a lot more uh, iffy about my body. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Now that I've sorted out most of the things that I didn't like about my body... Yeah. I am much better about about nudity in in yeah. sight of people. Yeah, I've, mean, I've had me tits out at parties. Yeah, and I've I've felt pretty damn confident yeah. doing I mean, so. I've worn nothing but a fishnet. Could you call it a dress? It was supposed to be a top, but I had it pulled yeah. down. I think I think <laughs> we we've been to a party where I had my tits out, and I think I think all I was wearing on the bottom half was just a a, a multicolored tutu. Yes. Yeah. So like. I'm pretty sure you had knickers under there at some point. I, I don't know if you were wearing them all night. I know but... I did at the start. I don't know if I did by the end of the time. Because <laughs> it it's, was that kind of party. It was party. that kind of party. But, point being, um, like, I'm much better about nudity than I was. Yeah, like, sure. I feel pretty comfortable. Like I feel like I could be comfortably nude around around friends who were comfortable. Yeah. Like We have, we a have fr- naked friends. We have, we have some naked friends, and I feel like I could be comfortably naked around our naked friends. Yeah. I I have I would have zero problem being in a nude environment. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, that is all the questions. All the questions. Time for this. Yeah. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brucial justice warriors. Brucial justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Barry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. You sounding all right this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My voice is starting to recover slightly. I'm glad. I, I nearly didn't pitch you down last week. I mean, I can't blame you. <laughs> how's, how's your week been going? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, whew, well, you know, bearing up. Yeah, you? yeah. Oh, yeah, same, same. I, I did have something bother me today, though. Yeah? I was, uh, I was walking down to the shops, as you do, as yeah, you do, yeah. and... Uh, I was having a real tough time walking on the uh, the pavement or the uh, the sidewalk, as uh, some call it. You know, yeah, the, uh, walking yeah, in yeah. In some parts of the world, uh, I was having a real trouble because uh, there was a bunch of people just parked on the pavement. You know, it was oh. a, it's a narrow road. I, I I to a certain degree get it. You know, there's yeah. not much room in the road to park on both sides and still have cars park. But, no. um, but they're sort of taking the mick with it a little bit. Like, me as someone who was walking, I was having to turn sideways and sort of shimmy past uh, vehicles to get by. Well, and... given the recent rash of extreme dog poo down your road, I'd oh, be quite yeah. careful about shuffling that close to any of the walls. Well, that too, that too. Uh, not on the, the street, I was thankfully not on the dog poo side. But uh, I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, this is manageable but inconvenient for me but um yeah. for anyone who has for example mobility uh devices perhaps as a wheelchair user for example um our road is currently um our road's currently unusable on the pavements um, it's, it's it's funny you say that because i have actually seen conclusive proof of that yeah there is an yeah. old there is an old couple that i regularly see 
uh, coming up coming up the roads. Like the old fella will be just like pushing pushing the old girl up the roads in, 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 in the middle, in the of, the middle of the roads. Yeah. And that's the thing, is a lot of these drivers are like, Well, it's more convenient for me to park more over here, it's less likely anyone's gonna bump into me or whatever, but yeah. um it, it completely uh, in, it makes people say uh, push chair users, uh, push chair owners, wheelchair yeah. users. It's giving them lower priority use of uh, of the uh, the pavements. Yeah, I mean they are essentially yeah. being treated as second class citizens, or even just like no thought, not even an afterthought, just a yeah. no thought by these. Uh, the the point of the pavement is yeah, and the, the point of the pavements is not a place for you to park your car. It's a place for pedestrians to... Away from the car. Yeah, to, it's so that pedestrians don't have to walk in the middle of the road, put themselves at risk. Exactly. And it's it's not fair for you to... Well, it, it's not okay for you to assume that these you these wheeled vehicle users, you know, pushchair people, wheelchair people, should have to go into the road to make their journey. Exactly, mate, exactly. It's, it's just, you know, completely unreasonable and... Well, I mean, I don't really know what we can do about it, but they are being bloody inconsiderate. Yeah. We need to make a point about the fact that this needs to change. Absolutely. And I, I remember, you know, back in the probably mid-80s, mid, mid eight, 80s, 90s, yeah. there was a whole series of adverts about not parking cars on the road. It featured this great thing of these two little old ladies. One of them literally picks up the back of the car and moves it like four feet to the left into the middle of the road. Yeah. And it ended with a like, well, you can't actually expect people to do this. Park considerably, you bastards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are having a whole 80s revival of dog poo on the streets and cars parking in really inconsiderate ways. Yeah. I suppose there's no one to enforce it because we've got such low police numbers. Yeah. Ah, oh, you up for that hug, mate? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Ah. Ah, good luck, mate. Good, good luck. luck, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll pop the kettle on, shall I? Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice. So, Laura. Me? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, Twitch, I am changing up my streaming schedule, <gasps> so uh, for the next uh, couple of months at least, and we'll see how it goes, I'm going to be streaming Monday... Wednesday and Friday, uh, during the afternoons for America and the evenings for the UK. I'm going to be streaming on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10pm UK, 5pm uh, Eastern, and 2pm Pacific. Um, I'll be streaming for sort of two to three hours at a time. Um, other than that, you can find me on Patreon, that's what pays the bills, patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. You can find links to everything that I publish, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, and podcasts. You can find them at laurakbuzz.com. Other than that, I've got some books. There is uh, Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. It's out now where books are sold. Or you can get it as an audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. And there's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is an illustrated... Uh, coffee table book of silly and serious video game character butt reviews. 
It's got a bunch of game journalists and game developers who've written guest segments for it. A bunch of really high quality art. It's looking great. I've seen like the first 16 pages. They're real good looking, aren't mm-hmm. they? Can confirm. I'm excited how it's coming along. Um, so there's that. And then I'm on a bunch of other podcasts. I am on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review podcast. Um, the next episode we've got going up is about Monster Hunter porn. I am on Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great and or perfect, and usually chat some nonsense and talk about, you know, socialism and, and tearing down the right wing, but but mostly video games. And I am on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon to be season seven. Every season's a self-contained story. We've got uh, season three's about overcoming negative emotions in a magical barrier town. Season four is about overthrowing capitalism with superpowers. Season five is about um, tearing down colonialism in space adventures with a drunk hippo lady. And season six is about assassins and and what kind of people they are. Uh, what about you, Jane? What do you do on the internet? Uh, this... This? I also stream uh, on twitch.tv slash Janiac. I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, also Stone Monkey Radio, most of the other places. If you look for yeah. Stone Monkey Radio on Redbubble, um, SoundCloud, where you may be listening to this now, um, Stone Monkey Radio blog, Patreon, I'm Stone Monkey Radio, or you can just hit me up over at uh, paypal.me slash Janiac. I super appreciate those. Head over to Redbubble and get yourself a butt plug soup t-shirt or a bath mat or a Spookake t-shirt. Yeah. Any of these things. And hopefully I will have some time soon because I've got some time coming up and I'm going to spend that time off of work working. Yeah. I, I've been there, friend. <laughs> uh, one day. One day. Heck. I will, I will, I will get time. I know, I know. There is there is never enough time to do all of the projects and to do rest. No, there is no rest, especially not if you have to do work as well. Yeah, like day job. Yeah. yeah. So, uh yeah, uh, that's everything. And Laura, yeah, sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.